Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, May 11th, and we are now just 15 games away from crowning a new national champion in the sport of lacrosse. The 2023 NCAA Men's Lacrosse Tournament is upon us. It all gets going this weekend. We've got eight games on deck. I'm Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Dukes on the mic. Dukes. Big one coming up this weekend. Huge week for the sport of lacrosse in general, the old stick and ball sport. We got eight games in the tournament this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Also earlier this week, we had the PLL draft. Uh, so how, how are we feeling this week? Big, big one for us here. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just open it up with saying huge weekend for lacrosse, huge weekend for people that like to talk lacrosse. Um, I've said it once, I'll say it again. This is why you grow up. You put the ball on your stick and you're like, I'm going to talk on a mic about the great sport of lacrosse. Uh, this is why we podcast. This is why we put in the hours in February. This is why we, you, you you practice the vocal cords, episode one, and you're like, we're, we're just losing them back up for the lacrosse season. All for this moment, all for this tournament. Um, yeah, it's one of the greatest weekends or greatest weeks, I think, in lacrosse. You get uh, college guys coming out of the draft and then you lead that into the tournament. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for uh, – Across this weekend, great draft last night, I thought. Yeah, I mean, for, for all the kids out there, right? Like this, this if, if this is what you want to do, like – don't go to the gym, right? Like the, the if you're if you're a kid out there and you want to be the best lacrosse podcaster you can be, don't waste your time in the gym. Don't get those extra wall ball reps, right? Don't go out and shoot a bucket of balls before school every day. If you get too good at lacrosse, you might end up just playing it for the rest of your life. But if you want to be perfectly average at lacrosse to a point where you then just get to talk about it into a mic, I mean that that's you know, that that's the grind that you have to you have to do. You have to make a lot of sacrifices and that sacrifice uh, a lot of the times is just not doing shit. Uh, so big one this weekend. But I, I do feel like, dudes, I, I think maybe maybe we should probably start with uh, with the PLL draft. I know uh, you were you were jazzed up about this PLL draft. You were talking about it for days in advance. Uh, now you, you might've got a little too jazzed up. Uh, if anyone follows you on Twitter, trying to uh, be, be a little, you know, a little, little Schefter action there and spoil the draft for everybody with some scoops, no scoops for you, but uh, how, how'd the draft go and uh, any, any surprises there? Yeah. I thought the draft, uh, again, I think it's a great production. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's great that we're finally at a point. I think that like at least guys like me and you, uh, obviously because we're in like a lacrosse meeting. Or, I hate to say that; that's so cringe. Ew. But like just guys that like enjoy the sport of lacrosse that are fans in general, like that. Like we get an event on ESPNU where like we actually will tune into the draft. Um, I, I don't know about you. I have never tuned in to one MLL draft in my lifetime. Um, the fact that it used to be at like Marriott Bonvoys. Um, in like Baltimore, Maryland, and now they're at, at Bristol, Connecticut, is pretty fucking cool. Um, first off, let me just say, when are we gonna have a conversation that Mike Pressler just ruined everything that Ben Ruby were built? I'm not saying that he made the wrong move by getting Gavin Adler number one. I'm not even saying that Brett McCarr was the wrong move to get a number three. I do not believe that they had a need at defense necessarily to grab two defenders with the top three picks. He could have made some um, trades. He could have made some trades down. I, I believe. Um, I, I think that he, like, unless like 
really think that he there were multiple teams that were looking to get Gavin Adler at number one? So here's the thing. One, I don't know. I, I would I would be very curious to know if there were any trade talks at all. Like I feel like like looking ahead, like all right, so the 2023 draft just happened, whatever. It it is what it is. It's it's a fine draft, but like the fact that we had three polls go right off the bat just kind of goes to show you that it wasn't that exciting of a draft. Like let's let's just be honest with her. The 2024 draft is where like the 2024 draft is what the the 2003 NBA draft yeah. like that that was a big year. So like that's the 2003 NBA draft. What's coming next year is ev- like I I would say. I would say that three teams next year are getting their best player. And I would say that two of them will be MVP finalists within their first like two years in the season. So uh, I I just don't know if anyone's like willing to make trades at this past draft, knowing what's coming around in 2024. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't know. Um, But like, I I do. I still think there's trades trades to be made. are there, but are there, all right. So here's the thing. I, dude, they, the Atlas, they're not great on it. Like, dude, Tucker Durkin, I love him. He's a Philly guy. Uh, I mean, he went, he, he went to, he went to Catholic school, so he's not a public school guy, but he's still a Philly guy. I love Tucker, Dur- Tucker Durkin, but let's not act like he's like young, right? He's, he's probably 32, 33, gonna be like 33 during the season. Um, I, I mean, like Mike Rex Road, Cade Van Rampars, like good. Good pieces and everything. Yeah, but like I, I don't they, know. They, they, they're both PLL All Stars. I mean, I'm not saying that they have to be walk ins or not. Like, you're basically saying though that McCarr and Adler are day one starters, drafting them one and three, which I'm fine with. I think but that Adler is. Tr- trade them. Tr- trade Durkin. Make some trades. Get some draft picks back. Get some draft picks for 2024, which you're saying is a loaded draft cost, which I agree with. Like, just. I know they could still make trades or whatever, and I know with the world games coming up that some people might be off rosters, all that shit. But like, but but what do the I, but what do the Atlas need? I mean, it's not necessarily what you need. I think they should have got McConvey. I completely agree. I, th- I thought that McConvey. Yeah, but you pick up Xander Dixon, and Xander Dixon does a lot of the same things that McConvey does. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Actually. I think they're two, two completely different players. I think that McConvey's point production. I mean, I think that I saw that, like I saw that like Shane Thornton brought up a great point on Twitter about Xander Dixon's uh, productivity out of the box. I think they had two way different games outside of the box. Um, I think that McConvey can probably do a little bit more. I think he's more 50-50, not just a goal scorer, but he's I think he's got a really good set of eyes on the field. Um, and I think that Dixon's more of a long term replacement for Eric Law down low, yeah. low when Eric Law retires. I don't hate – the Durkin thing was one of the first things I thought of. Is that something that we're going to see in the next couple of weeks that like he retires? Um, I mean, I, I think I think what he's been coaching – I'm pretty sure he's been coaching with Drexel, um, but he doesn't have a head coaching job, so I don't see him retiring. But, like, I – I but, but, like, how many years does he have left, right? right. Like, 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 this isn't – like, Gavin, Gavin – like, that's a piece that they're going to – like – you pick up McConvey and like, yeah, like he's a really good player, really Gives good piece. Pete a but, player. But, yeah, but here's the Canadian to go off of. I think Canadian's right, also like, right, but I'm, but I'm saying that like McConvey's never going to be the guy on the Atlas. Like, like offensively, he would never be the guy. What 
they did is they went out and they got Gavin Adler, who in a year's time will be the guy on defense. Like they, they got their cornerstone on defense. Maybe not this year, right? But, but in years to come, Gavin Adler will be the centerpiece of that defense where Thomas McConvey would never in a million years. And I love him as a player would never, as long as he's on a team with Jeff Teat and Chris Gray and probably Brian Costabile would never be the guy. I don't really think that. I mean, I think it's, I personally cannot see any single world where Gavin Adler can cover Zed Williams. That's what I keep going back to. Like, could I see him covering Michael Sauer? Yeah. Could I see him covering Matt Ramo? I really don't. I don't know. I don't think that's fair. It's, it's Sincerely, I don't know. I do not think he could cover Zed Williams size-wise. So, like, is that really a number one that you can really go back off of? Like, is he true number one? But but who who covers Ed Williams? Who locks him down? I think Brett McCarthy. Like again, that but that's basically my No, I know that's that's exactly my point. Is like you're fine on defense. Why don't you get McConvey and then get McCarthy at three? Like you also don't know what number two is going to be if Adler's still on the board or or whatever. You don't know who who number two is going to get. I don't know, man. I I I don't think I don't think that you're I don't think that you're giving Adler enough. Credit right. Well, like, yeah, because I don't think he's the best defender in the draft. If we're going with Owen Grant, then sure. The only thing is like Owen Grant. I love Owen Grant. I think that he's a dog. I think that he is perfect for this game because he can get up and down the field like a motherfucker. Um, I would just keep him on offense for the whole 58 seconds or 54 seconds, whatever it is. With that being said, he's been playing in the CAA his whole college career. So like, I, I, I don't like, yeah, he's Canadian. He's big, whatever. But like, I don't know. I, I would trust the guy who's been the best defenseman in the Ivy league. Like I know that we've been shitting well, on the Ivy league. Bowen? Huh? Why not? Will Bowen, the Schmeiser winner. Who's done it at UNC Georgetown. Like that's a guy who's six, three has the size can play, can play pole, can play down low. That's a guy that I feel like was just respected. Again, I, this is no, dis- like it, it, it sounds spoiled. I don't want this to come across as Adler hate because I think all three are going to be pros for a very, very long time, and each has their own complement to the game that will translate very well. Again, when it just comes to like complete game, I think McCarr has a more complete game. I think Adler is going to be great against like the Michael Sowers of the world. And I think that the the, the Will Bowen respect was was out was out and about last night. I couldn't see him going to the Redwoods. But I thought the Will Bowen like slid was like one of the biggest deals of the draft. I thought the seven and the eighth pick were the biggest deals of the draft. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I keep hearing you say like you trust Gavin Adler covering Michael Sowers. Like, do you want to know what you have to do to win a championship in the PLL? You have to stop Michael Sowers. Yeah, like, but you also have to. Yeah. I mean, the Whip Snakes. Right, I know, but but I'm I'm saying right now, like the the current champs, the the water dog. If you want to beat the current champs, you have to stop right. the best player on that team. And it sounds like you're saying that the Atlas went out and they got a guy who can do that. Yeah, fair. I mean, I, I I'm not I, I I'm not going to say anything about who I think is going to win next year. I think that I'm not going to ever count out the the whips or the chaos either. Like I don't know. <clears throat> The archers, I think. I don't know. The archers draft is 
to be announced. I think the Mike Sisselberger was a was a great pickup to get that offense more more touches. I think that you give Grant Amen and Mac O'Keefe the ball more. That's a scary, scary duo. But yeah, it, the draft is, is overall very interesting. Uh, yeah. I just probably would have waited to draft a defender instead of number one. Um. So here's the thing. Yes, and like okay, I and again, I think that the McConvey pick would be fine. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. It, I I think I think that someone else. I I don't know. I I think that you could have wait waited to get McConvey. Like I don't know. Whatever. I could see him being one. I think that he'd be a really good fit for the Atlas. Whatever. I think that he's also like. And this isn't me saying that I don't like Thomas. Like I think that he's a also a perfect pickup for the Water Dogs. Does a lot like Water Dogs and Atlas kind of similar, right? Like a lot of Canadian influence. Um, just fucking sick bastards all over the field. Like I, I think that Thomas McConvey is going to be a great piece there. Um, I don't. But like. I don't know. I, th- I think that the Atlas had to go defense. I don't think that they're nearly as deep defensively uh, as, as they are on offense. And then also you go offense. You're dude. like the, the way that the, everything was trending, the way that we had Paul on ESPN talking to Stephen A. Smith, talking about Sam Hanley. Like if you went up to the draft and you didn't take Sam Hanley as the first offensive player off the board, like I just felt like teams were probably handcuffed to making that that decision. But whether or not that's true or not, like I, I just feel like that's like like there had to have been so much pressure to have him be the first offensive guy taken off the board. And I don't think that he is a, a first overall pick. I think that he uh, especially would be a, a horrific fit for the Atlas. Um, I think for the Chrome, I think actually that the Chrome is is actually the best fit for Sam Hanley after what we saw from them, at least in the Sixes game uh, with the championship series. Like we saw how much size and how much beef and how much meat the Chrome were running around with. They're just big dudes who fucking love to just pepper the net. Um, And I don't really think that the Chrome like have that one ball carrying guy. Like I think that they kind of everybody eats. Um, you know, and, and it's not that they're like known for like snapping the ball around or anything like right. that. It's just like one possession, one guy has the ball, the next possession, another guy has the ball. So I think that that kind of fits Sam Hanley's uh game a little bit better than it would if he were to go to the Atlas and you know the ball has to go to Jeff Teat's stick. Uh, so I, I, I think I don't know, I just don't think I thought that the McConvey first overall pick, uh, I think I saw first class lacrosse. So someone over there with Deemer um, put that out. I'm sure someone else had it on their mock draft. Mm-hmm. It it made sense, but I think so does everything else that happened. I also think that Hanley, to an extent, made sense for the Atlas. I thought McConvey made some kind of team teed up with another Canadian to do like a two-man game with. I thought that made a, a shit ton of sense. Uh, I think Teat, there's just something about getting Teat, some more Canadians to play with. Uh, that just like makes sense in my brain, but also I think that Hanley also made sense just because Stephen Brooks and I think the Atlas during the sixes and just like Stephen Brooks's philosophy in general, um, to the game and like being the OC is just take a shit ton of twos. So when you got Romar and Sam Hanley on the same field, that can extend the field for you. And Hanley's done it against pros already, training with Team USA, kind of lit it up against Team USA, like at, at like. The tryouts from what everyone's heard. So you kind of know he could play with everybody. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I think both McConvey and Hanley kind of made sense. And then to grab a defender at three. 
I don't think you could make a bad yeah. choice at three for defense. Again, it's it's it, it, the I joked were, about it today. Were, on the, were the Atlas were the Atlas a huge two bomb squad in the summer though, or was that just championship? I just know it's Stephen Brooks's philosophy in general. Yeah, I wouldn't take. I'm not big on Stephen Brooks. Sorry, Stephen Brooks, if you're listening to this right now, my bad. But I I thought that he uh, I wasn't a big fan of, and and a lot of it was just like his like personality. It, it didn't look good on on uh, the mic'd up moments, but I, I don't know. I I think there's still like a lot of circus lacrosse in, in the sixes. It was so fun to watch really entertaining product. I don't think that you can take any offensive philosophy from sixes though, and bring it. No, no, he's been doing, he's he's been doing it since the MLO days. Like what he used to play was, uh, what team was he on? I want to say maybe the Bayhawks or whatever, whatever. But yeah, I think that he brings a lot of shoot the two, uh, philosophy to, to the game. Um, so yeah, I think that that just made a little bit of sense. And I mean, anytime you can extend the field, draw defenders out, and like seeing Chris Gray fuck around a little bit more, just think it only does good for for your offense. I don't think that they needed to go balls deep. My point being is I don't still need to go balls deep on defense. You you could okay. go get a defender, go get a defender. I still went balls deep. Did a chance to make a splash. Fair enough. Um, it's fun. I mean, yeah. and also like I was joking about it today on Twitter, but like it is. It is hilarious. Like I gave out a draft grade. It's like nobody actually knows what the draft grades are going to be. You can only grade drafts like five years from now. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, the I, I I would be like terrified. I'm always terrified of doing like mock drafts and, and draft grades just because it like the only thing that could ever happen is freezing cold takes, or you end up like looking like Stephen Shea with his NFL mock draft and just get like thirty one out of thirty two picks wrong. Um, I will any, say. Yep. Go ahead. I just want to say Whipstinks, in my opinion, had the best draft. Who do you think had the best draft? Um, I'm, I'm going to go. I, I really like. Uh, so I, I don't love. I, again, I don't like love this this draft class as, as a whole. Um, I think that the chaos did a lot of really good things once they no offense, like once they steered clear of uh Jack Rowlett clearly taking over as as GM of the chaos. Um, I, I think that Jack Rowlett uh might have hacked into Andy Towers' yeah. uh draft room board because they they go. I mean, listen, Will, Will Bowen's great, so I, I would take Will Bowen regardless of where he went to school. But they go Georgetown, then they go Meniscus uh, or Minicus, another Georgetown guy. Then they take Rowlett's brother. Like all, all three of those are like good picks. But it's like, okay, like who's making these picks here? Um, but then when we get to like two of my favorite picks of the draft are the Ty Kurtz pickup and Levi Anderson. I think that both of those, um, right, awesome, awesome offensive fits for this chaos team. Um, so re- really fits the need there. So I, I like what the, I like what the chaos did in their draft. Um, listen, you, you, I, I think I've said this before. I'll say it again. You take a guy who played D three, you win the draft in my book. Um, so <laughs> shout out, shout out to the Chrome taking Chris cross Ferrara, uh, out of Salisbury. I, what does he have? Like fucking 500 career uh, goals in, in D3, something like yeah, that. Something it, crazy. Might be, it, might, it might be like 400, like legitimately like, right. Um, he, he's a fucking maniac down in Salisbury. So, uh, yeah, you take a, take a D3 guy, you win the draft in my eyes. So shout out to the Chrome. Um, even though again, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've been so hard on Sam Hanley, like this whole season so far, he's, 
has the potential to be really good. He just also has the potential to be very overrated. Um, Give him as long as he has more weeks where he's really good than overrated, then I think that that's a great pick for them. And I think that it's a, it's a good fit. So I like Chrome and I like chaos. Yeah. My two favorite drafts were the whip snakes and the water dogs uh, Whips getting Tucker Dordovic. I, uh, they needed a playmaker that I think could play attack and midi. I think that's just Tucker was a great pick. I, I would have probably went. What for the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Dude. I, I think Tucker is great. <laughs> I think Tucker Tucker's great. Are you doing a bit right now? No, no, no. This is no. This is no bit. Am, I mean, like, am I, am I missing the bit? The program killer. You're saying that this is. Wait, wait, wait. If you pull, you can put someone can pull out the tape. I, I said he's going to be a great pro. The, uh, I, 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 I have. You... I, I've said the program killer. Look. Program I thought that you. Had, I thought that you had already printed out the shirts. Program killer. No, I mean, if he if. If the whip snakes then like miss the playoffs and he and he's on the team, it's like solidified. But uh no, he he's safe right now. I really liked that pick. Um I also think that culture will do well for him. So I think the Tucker Dordovic pick was, was kind of was kind of a it's kind of a steal. Um exactly what the whips needed. And then when you get Pete Lasala, who I think I, I would have personally taken with the, the, the as the first face off guy off the board um going into last night, that was my final decision. I, I just think exactly nailed it. Like kind of has it like Nardellish game, how he can go to the goal. Is, I, I, I forget. I'm I, like all my years are kind of mashing together. Is Nardella hurt now or was that last year? That was last year, but he's also going to be playing maybe in worlds and like, okay, he could be like a little bit banged up. I know he plays also like box. So I, I liked the little Salah uh, pickup. And for a team that's going to be playing in clutch moments and clutch games and big time moments, big time games, all this shit. What, who's a better face-off guy than Pete Lasalle? Um, the guy, the guy's bred for it. Um, then, then Garrett Ludman. I mean, we, we've talked about him. The fact that he played defense absolutely let him rip on offense. I think that he's uh, going to be a great pro. And then Elijah Gash, beast already. Um, look at his film. He's a fucking big, big boy. I think that's <clears throat> one of those picks where you're you're betting on the potential of a player. And he, he's potentially one of the – it's probably him and Sam Hanley, best two athletes in the draft, in my opinion. And I think that he could be a beast. Um, I think he's just got to be coached up. He's playing like NIAA ball two years ago in Iowa. So he's got a pretty cool story. Um, and then, yeah, Water Dogs getting James Riley because I think there's something going on with Jake Withers, right? That's a fine pick. Uh, Chris Fake in the fourth round. I like the Alex Mazzone pickup. And obviously I love the McConvey pick. Water dogs are just like are just going balls deep in uh, in Canadians. Um, so McConvey obviously is going to fit their system really well with Courier, um, McCardle, and obviously Sowers is just sour. So um, yeah, I, I really like the McConvey pickup. The only thing that I really thought the the, uh, the Water Dogs uh, slipped up on was not getting a short stick team. I thought Rusanker or something could have helped them up, but I guess they saw something in fake, um, and maybe they just didn't have the player they wanted on the board. But yeah, I thought great draft for the Whip Snakes and Water Dogs. And then the cannons had like two picks because they got robbed. I mean, what if, what if, and, and and I'm just spitballing here. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick peek at the roster just to see uh, if, if there's the fit for it. How about the Redwoods too? Uh, I think the Redwoods had a good draft. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, yeah, I would, I would keep, I would, I would keep Chris. I, for when he when he said it, I thought maybe we're thinking about throwing a short stick in Chris Fake's hands. Um, 
but no, I, I'd, I'd keep them down there at pole with, with the guys that they have. Um, uh, the, the Redwoods, I mean, yeah, obviously Owen Grant, um, great pickup. Great. Look, look great, uh, tonight against Marist. Uh, Brian, I think Brian Tevlin is like the, the perfect guy for the PLL. Um, just going to be able to get up and down the field, uh, help you out in transition, lock it down right. on, on D. Uh, you, I mean, those, those transition guys, those guys who just are, are animals on, you know, both sides of the boxes, uh, so huge in the PLL. So great pickup there. Cole cursed. Uh, I, mean, I mean, dude, like you, the cursed, you, you put a cursed on, on your team and good things happen. He's a beast. Uh, Love that pick. And then Zach Cole, uh, is, is there a FOGO controversy in, uh, in, in Redwoods LC locker room right now? No, TD's the man, but again, TD started slow last year, so having a guy like Zach Cole out, of, like just to be able to help TD when he's struggling or just you know a little a little worn out over the summer. I mean, I'm sure TD likes to enjoy his summer, so maybe he's a little worn and out in the summer. Maybe uh, maybe he misses a flight or something like that. Yeah, like uh, do you think TD bullies Zach Cole at training camp? You you would hope so. I I would really hope to bring back some just some good old-fashioned hazing we need it in today's society i mean bullying needs to be like fully enforced yeah well if we're talking about bringing back bullying then that's why the chaos have won this this draft with that levi anderson pick um all right well yeah there is uh oh and and you know also the atlas getting the steal of the draft getting kyle long with the uh third pick in the fourth round uh but yeah that is the 2023 pll college draft so we are. When's opening week for this? It's uh, June third, dude. We're we're less than a month out from PLL season. Hard to believe it, uh, but that's because we still have a couple weeks left of the college season, uh, and we've got eight games on slate this weekend. Right, we've got fifteen games total left in men's D one lacrosse, and over half of them are this weekend. So. We we gotta we gotta soak all this in. Um, if you're lucky enough to be like Dukes, where you snapped your ankle uh, and and you're just kind of stuck on the on the couch all weekend, it's perfect for you because we've got great games all day Saturday, great games all day Sunday. So maybe anyone out there looking for an excuse to just sit at home and watch some lacrosse, take a page out of Dukes's book. Uh, but you know, if you're out there, maybe you're coaching, maybe you got a youth game to coach. Uh, all these games will be streaming on ESPN plus, and they'll also be broadcasted on ESPNU. So, uh, nationally televised across from now until Memorial day, Monday, nothing better than that. Let's just get right into it. So obviously the play in game already happened. We're recording this on Wednesday night, Delaware, just shit pumped Marist, uh, by a final score of 25 to 10 Marist. Thanks for coming out. Enjoy your summer. Uh, that means that Delaware is now in and they will get a chance to play against number one Duke, but that's not until Sunday at five. Let's start off Saturday, 12 noon, the Virginia Cavaliers. They've won two national championships over the past three seasons, minus the COVID year, of course. Uh, Virginia looking to bounce back, get back to Memorial Day weekend for the first time in 300 and well, I guess, I guess it'd be like two years now, but uh, for the first time since 2021, uh, and they'll start off with Richmond. For looking at this game on paper, I'd imagine that Virginia handles this team pretty easily, probably somewhere around like eight goals. Uh, listen, this is a team. They broke out the orange buckets. They're ready for May. They're out for blood. 
They're out for revenge. They don't want to miss out on championship weekend again. Uh, so I've got Virginia big time in this one. I think that this is you, – you, you don't even look at the number. Just whatever it is, take it for Virginia. Dukes, your thoughts? Analysis time. Love Virginia. it. Virginia Sharpie. Or, right, just move on. Virginia's going to move on. Oh, that was my alarm. What, uh, what's, what's, it, what's it for? Uh, birth control. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a post. Time to post on TikTok. Uh, some some barstool gambling stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, Virginia Sharpie. They're, they're moving on. They're going to be kicked the shit out of, out of uh, Richmond. Um, I, I really don't think that Richmond has a prayer in this one. The yeah, last I mean, year, but- I was really big on Richmond last year. Not that big on them this year. Uh, I think Virginia is just on another level. It, it seems like there's always that one like first round game where uh, the maybe like the first half, the the low seed team gives the high seed like a little bit of a scare, right? We, we've got a tight score going into halftime and everyone's like, whoa, is so-and-so is on upset alert? Like, is, is so-and-so going to do it? This ain't it. Right, Virginia is going to fucking beat the balls off of them from start to finish. Um, so I've got Virginia big in this one moving on. Uh, all right, so that's Saturday at noon. So these games are noon, 2 30, 5 o'clock, 7 30. Same thing on Saturday and Sunday. So the 2 30 game on Saturday, Utah and Virginia. The mighty Utes taking on the fighting Irish. Uh, another one where listen. Notre Dame, they they ain't the three seed for no reason. This team is a wagon. Unless you put them up against Virginia, they will smack you down and make you regret your decision to ever pick up a lacrosse stick in the first place. Uh, but Utah, program on the rise, uh, looking to grow the game out in the out in the mountains of the West. Uh, so Dukes, as as the resident Notre Dame expert, is there any chance? that Utah can at least make this a game, at least keep this one close, putting up the hands right now for the people who are just watching, uh, for who aren't watching on YouTube. So anyone who's just listening on the podcast, Dukes, an emphatic zero. Zilch, zero, no. Uh, Notre Dame, they don't play around. They don't play around with teams that are below them. Um, they, they will smack the shit out of Utah, Utah. This is the best goalie in defense that they're going to be facing all year. Um, gripe with Cork. I have a gripe with Cork. I saw his big board come out. Sorry to talk about the PLL draft. I saw Cork put Will Mark above Liam Entman in next year's draft. Cork, you're not that dumb. That seems like some big-ass Syracuse bias right there. That's what I'll say. Liam Entman has been the best goalie in the country for the past four years. Anyways, Utah will not face a better goalie this year or defense than Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offense is also ridiculous, um, consistency of half Kavanaugh's. So, yeah, Notre Dame is going to win by a million. They're going to win a national championship. They'll get third times the charm against Virginia in the semifinal, and this is Notre Dame's year. That's what I have to say about that. Uh, let's go ahead and do a quick – oh, look at this. Saturday, just 77 degrees, partly cloudy. Perfect, perfect time for Arlotta. Arlotta is going to be popping on a Saturday afternoon. The sundresses are going to be out. The beer is going to be flowing. The atmosphere is going to be electric. Uh, yeah, no chance that Notre Dame has any bit of a letdown here. Eight goals might be a little much, but I don't think so. I think that that's uh, listen, I, I, I don't think that we're going to be on the edge of our seats at any point until five o'clock on Saturday when we've got Yale 
taking on the seven seed Georgetown. Georgetown, listen, they started off the year tough, right? They started off over the 0 and 3, then they rattled off 10 straight wins, and they went on to win the Big East tournament. Uh, Georgetown, one of the hotter teams in the country right now. Uh, I got to be flying high with all those PLL picks uh, in the in the draft earlier this week, and they'll be taking on Yale. Now, Yale, another weird team where, listen, they've had times this year where they've looked like complete and utter dog shit. They've also had times this year where they've looked like Yale of the past, right? The wagon Yale, uh, just the, the type of Yale team that anyone asked them, hey, what are you guys doing Memorial Day weekend? They'd say, hey, sorry, we already have plans. Uh, so Yale, listen, they stumbled big time against Princeton in the Ivy League championship, but we can't forget what they did just two days prior to that against Cornell. So uh, Yale might have the juice. Who knows? Georgetown might have the juice. Who knows? This game's going to be tight. It's going to be close. It's probably going to come down somewhere between two to three goals, uh, may- may- maybe on paper. So Yale, Georgetown, and Dukes, are we right now? Yeah. Th- all right. So this, wow. this is as close to a promise as you're going to get. Uh, but but it seems like the boys will be live streaming uh, this this game as well. So you can watch this game on ESPNU and you can check out the boys. Probably uh, will it be on YouTube? Yeah, we'll put it on YouTube, the Creestive YouTube. We'll tweet out the link, Instagram the link, put it on our socials. Um, look, if you're listening to this right now, we'll, we'll get some buddies in the shop. Maybe maybe text text a few friends, um, tweet at us who we should get on the broadcast. Uh, give us some ideas. We'll, we'll listen to you guys tomorrow when this episode's out. Uh, yeah, let, let us know who you want us to hang out with, and then hopefully we can do the same thing for the quarterfinals. All right, well, your thoughts on this game? Um, here we go. I thought that uh, Larkin, I thought that he, he did a good job talking about how inconsistent uh, Yale defensively is. Pocket, uh, the goalie, uh, I know he's been – Hot recently, uh, they were talking on the broadcast how he kind of changed up his uh, warm-up routine. Look, I think that Georgetown's just on like a disrespect tour. Um, do I think they'll make it the championship weekend? No, but I think they'll get the win here. Um, I think that they're, they're playing some pretty good lacrosse. Uh, I think Tucker Dordovic's playing very good lacrosse. Um, who is it? Uh, fuck, I can't think of his fucking name. Solomon was unreal in the Big East tournament, and I love Menekis' game. Um, so yeah, and I think that like when you when you're not even talking about Graham Bundy in the top three there, and he's still on the field, it's like that makes up a pretty good rotation of offensive players, obviously. Um, so yeah, uh, I think I think Georgetown gets the win against Yale. I know yeah. James Riley's also a little bit banged up, but I don't think it's really going to make too much of a difference. Um, yeah, I, I really like Georgetown. Yeah, I mean, listen, when, when you've got the you've got demons to exercise for for Georgia, right? Like this is. This is a big time narrative game for Georgetown. You lose this game, you become the team that gets upset in the first round. Every like every everyone just takes you as a joke in Indeed. in the in the tournament for years and years to come. It doesn't even matter if we're ten years from now and no one uh, from from these past two teams even has anything to do with Georgetown lacrosse anymore. The narrative will always be Georgetown's a joke, easy out in the first round. Uh, so this is one. Listen, the, this college lacrosse, it's all about the program, right? The program. Uh, th- this is one where these kids, they, they shouldn't even just be trying to win this game for themselves, but they need to win it for every Hoya who has come before them, uh, and every Hoya who will come after them. So this is a game where Georgetown needs to kind of come out here, uh, just pull down their pants, let that 
smack on the table uh, and, and hand it over to Yale. So I like Georgetown in this one. I kind of like I. I want to get fucking crazy. I want to. I want to say. Yeah, I want. I want Hoyes. I want Hoyes by five. All right. Also, also though, I I will say, huge, huge uh, mascot game here. We've got Jack the Bulldog from Georgetown going on, going up against Handsome Dan from Yale. Uh, I don't know how far Handsome Dan travels, uh, but as long if if we get a Handsome Dan and Jack the Bulldog meetup uh down there in washington dc i think that i think that my my stance will change a little bit i think that this game will go to overtime because i think that there will be too much pride on the line for either of these teams to have any letdown so uh it just depends on if handsome dan travels or not but give me a handsome dan give me just shots of handsome dan and jack the bulldog uh throughout the entire game i don't even give a fuck about the lacrosse uh and then saturday night Saturday night lights, 7.30 p.m. on ESPNU and streaming on ESPN+. Plus. We've got the Maryland Terrapins. Listen, been, been, a, been kind of a weird season for Maryland. They've had a few slip-ups. Uh, and and as, you know, as far as anybody else in the country would be concerned, it, it w- would have been a very successful season. Uh, but for the Maryland that we've come to know and either love or hate over the years past, Probably a bit a bit of a sloppy season uh, as far as their standard is concerned. So they're looking to come out here and make a statement in the NCAA tournament. Let remind everybody of who they are and let everybody know what they do in the month of May. But they'll have a big old test going up against the troops. Uh, so we've got Army West Point making the trip down to College Park. Uh, listen on on paper. On paper, I, on paper, the saying that Maryland wins relatively tight maybe by like three i would think that that would be a little bit more um i know that army stacked up a bunch of wins this year they haven't had any wins that have like blown my dick off um but listen it's the troops and the one thing that we know about the troops right they're they're well buttoned up they're big time rule followers right at like everything's going to be in place so if there's one team out there that isn't going to slip up and let a guy like John Tillman catch them with some bullshit rule about like mismatch gloves or like, Hey, that guy's shooting shirt isn't tucked in, like kick him out of the game. It's the troops. Uh, so th- this is actually going to be a real big test for Tillman on, uh, you know, just how, how far he's willing to go to dig into that rule book to try to find something to, to get over on the troops. Yeah. I, I, I like that analysis right there. You're not going to catch the troops uh, lacking. Uh, you, you know they're going to be dressed appropriately in the right uniform. Um, I don't know if appropriately is the word because they wear a lot of black socks and black cleats, so I, that's not appropriate to me. Look, but if, if that's what the coach if, that, if that's what the coach wants, they follow those orders. Um, but yeah, I agree. Sometimes there's not the best looking uniforms. Um, I, you see Big Cat talking about black socks, and you can't trust anyone that wears black socks. Like they're they're not they're, they're no good news. They're not good news. Uh, I didn't see that, but it's factually accurate. Yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll pull it up. Uh, I'll send you the clip when I when it when it comes across the timeline. But uh, yeah, I like the I like I like Maryland here. I think this is a uh, Maryland we're still here game. Um, I think that this is a team. It's again it this I it's it is just like hate to bring back the Patriots, but just like un, until they prove me otherwise, um, I, I will I will continue to ride the Patriots Maryland wagon until. Until proven otherwise, I don't think that 
I don't think that the um, that Army is necessarily like the Tennessee Titans that's going to come in and like retire Maryland. Um, and I, so yeah, I'll take. Uh, you you want to know? I think that this might actually be my first round game. That is a first half. Lot of a uh, lot of like a lot of I lot of eye emojis, that. right? A lot of eye emojis going on in the first half of this one on Twitter, and everyone's like, "Oh, is Army going to do it? Oh, is Mar-? And then, but then I think second half comes around, and and like you said, this is a a worse well, we're still here game for Maryland. The funniest thing too is like if Army did win, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, like I, like that's not that shocking." Look at the season Maryland had, you know what I mean? But then Army, I will say, I'll say this before the game starts. If Army wins and they're like everybody counted this out and everyone's like, dude, no one counted you out, like, you, like everyone kind of knew Maryland was like not that good this year. No, 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 Army, everyone is counting you out. Just, just so you know, like that—that's the official statement. Like, I don't think anyone actually thinks that Army can win. Yeah, I agree. But like, like but 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 people, here's pick, the, but, people but like, will pick Army for like the upset pick, like it's a trendy upset pick. But like for the most part, nobody thinks Army could win. No, so I totally agree with that. But what I don't agree with is like everybody counted us out, and it's like, yeah, no fucking shit. You're playing against Maryland. Like, do you know what Maryland yeah, yeah, has yeah. done over I'm the past saying, years? Like, right. No, but but I, I'm saying like I'm I'm just I'm speaking in the uh in in general here because like we do live in a world where like everyone's just like everyone doubted me. Like I came out here to prove all the doubters. No one believed in me. Um, and like that that's just like the mindset of like teams and athletes like everywhere these days. A lot of it is like such bullshit because it's like, what the fuck do you want us to think? Like, do you want me to lie and say that I, I think that Army's going to win this game? Like, no. Like, listen, if this was, if we had Army Hopkins, I think that that would be you. You would and like everyone was like, oh, like Army, like oh Hopkins is going to win. Hopkins is going to win. I think that Army would have like a case to be like, yeah, you all counted this out and be like, yeah, like we we were wrong about that. Like. On paper, we're not wrong for picking Maryland. Um, like if, if it were Hopkins, we'd be like, yeah, like we just didn't know what Hopkins team was gonna gonna come out. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, just some food for thought, and that that does roll us right into uh, so Sunday. So listen, get some sleep Saturday night. Uh, you know, maybe 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 tie one on towards the end of the Maryland game. That way, you can get to bed nice and early. Uh, maybe sleep in. You know, get up. Get up in the morning, maybe maybe hit the sauna a little bit, sweat it out, uh, and then find yourself another seat on the couch because we've got a full day of lacks again starting at noon. We've got the Bryant Bulldogs taking the trip down to Homewood to take on Hopkins. And kind of like what I just said, I have no idea what to think about Hopkins in this tournament. Um, has it, It's been a while since we've had Hopkins in the tournament, has it not? 2018 18 I, th- I think eight so we've we've missed probably 19 covid 20 21 22 right that kind of kind of sounds right yeah bad radio bad radio bad radio I, 2019 I, oh they were in 2019 17 they made it, they made it 14 15 16 17 18 19 Okay. All right. So it just feels like a while. Uh, is this I the mean, first one? Is this the first in the Milliman era though? Right. Yes. It has to be. Yeah. So first time in the Milliman era, um, first time in, in the John Crawley era. So I don't know. It, it just seems like we've, uh, 
We've missed Hopkins in the tournament for what feels like so long. And in the process over those years that we haven't had Hopkins in the tournament, it seems like they've completely revamped their identity. Um, They're no longer just like strictly style points on offense and just like pray that the other team can't keep up with them. Um, No, they can shut it down defensively. Uh, You know, they've got, you know, they, they might not have the most talent on offense, but they've got, a uh, ton of toughness, ton of guys who can still make great plays. Um, and and I'll tell you what, this uh, this Collison kid, big big fan of of what's to come for him uh, down in Homewood. But at the same time, we don't know who's going to show up. So uh, Bryant could be a team, just a, a sleeper team to give him a fit, or Hopkins could come out and just spank him by maybe around five goals. So Dukes, who do you think comes out here for Hopkins? I think the good hop shows up. Uh, I think that they kind of put a little bit of a spanking. What's a spanking against Brian? What will you define as spanking as? Like, I think this is like a four to five plus, four to five plus uh, goal game. Like, you know, like, I don't think it's ever going to be necessarily close. I don't think there's going to be any eyeballs in the first half. Um, I think this could be chippy at some points, but again, I, I, I would love that. Give me, yeah, give me a good, just greasy game. I think a lot of flags. Yeah, I think, I think, I think that we're going to see potential for that. I think it's going to be a lot of hard hits. Uh, maybe, maybe some, some flags trying to reach the sky. But yeah, I, I like, I like hopping this one. I, I, I like that defense. I'm sold on that defense. Um, I, and it's nice that like Hopkins has given me a reason to like enjoy watching Hopkins again. So shout out to Hopkins for doing that. Yep. Uh, as of right now, it looks like uh, on Sunday we've got 75 and sunny for uh, for for Baltimore. So, I mean, just just great day to to be the band. We want more. Um, yeah, I, I think think it's gonna be a. I th- I think that the scene at Homewood gonna give them a lot of juice. Uh, I think that Baltimore is probably hungry for a for a Hopkins to be good again. Uh Hop Hop is back, right? Like this is this is the Hop is back year. Uh now they're in the tournament. They're hosting. I think that it, the Homewood is going to be electric. Band's going to be outrageous. I like Hopkins in this one. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that they might have a few slip ups. They'll probably have a few possessions where like things just aren't going their way. So I don't know if I love them by 5, but I definitely like you said, Hopkins where there's never a doubt. I just don't know what the final number is going to be. Yeah. Um, all right. So 2.30 on Sunday, we've got Gavin Adler, first overall draft pick in the PLL and the Cornell Big Red taking on Michigan, America's team, uh, Kevin Connery, just Captain America, Josh Sawada for Tawaratan, uh, Michigan and Cornell, 2.30. I'm going to go ahead and – Mm, there's still one that I really like later on on Sunday night, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to call this the game of the week, uh, Michigan and Cornell, because here's the thing. The Princeton Penn state game is, is going to be awesome as well. Uh, but Michigan Cornell, two 30 PM on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. That just sounds like great lacrosse to me. Uh, Michigan, their first time ever in the tournament. Cornell looking to make it back to championship weekend for the second year in a row under uh, coach Connor Busick, the line on this one, or if there, you know, if there were a line, if you had to think about it, probably Cornell by two goals, uh, which is crazy because if, if you were to tell me 
in February that we'd have a Cornell versus Michigan matchup at this point in the season, you know, maybe, maybe say like late April, I would say Cornell minus eight and a half, I think would be, would be a fair estimate. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, the fact that people think, Hey, this might just be a two goal game um, just goes to show where Michigan has gone this year. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's been a very emotional ride for Michigan over the past couple weeks. Uh, so we'll see, do they have any more juice left in the tank? Do they have enough gas dudes to pull this off and be the team of destiny that they seem to be? I'm going to middleman Dan this. I love Michigan so much. I really enjoy watching them play. So I'm going to take Michigan plus two, I mean, hypothetically, and I'm going to also take Cornell to win the game. I love both these teams. Uh, this is like – I'm rooting for like five teams in the tournament this year. Like I'm going to be like the guy that has like the – I'm going to be wearing like the Tom Brady Buccaneers Patriots jersey for like – I'm kind of rooting for Duke. I'm kind of rooting for Virginia. I'm kind of rooting for Notre Dame. I mean, I'm, no, Notre Dame is my pick. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't but seem I, like it. It's just there's a lot of good – there's a lot of fun teams to watch this year. There's a lot of fun – like Notre Dame – here's what I'll say about Notre Dame. Notre Dame is doing exactly what I've expected them to do. While there's teams that are doing what I didn't expect them to do. Like Michigan, for instance, kind of caught my eye midway through the year. And I started watching them pretty consistently. Very fun team to watch. Very likable group. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been rooting for Michigan and uh, yeah. Cornell is just a team that I doubted in the beginning of the year. I, I kind of thought that they were frauds last year. Came to love their game. So, um, yeah, so like the, these are two likable teams that I've been watching this year. Uh, I'll take Cornell to win, but I, I think Michigan keeps it close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I, all right, so CJ Curse is the best player in this matchup. Then do you go Adler or Zawada? Like that, I think that that right there, that's going to be the matchup right there. Like, like CJ Curse is going to get his. If Zawada can get one over on Gavin Adler and Dukes, the, the the way that you talked about him in the beginning of the episode makes me think that maybe there's a, there's a good chance that it's possible. Zawada's a, a fucking dog, um, and Dukes is as down on on Gavin Adler as, as anyone could ever possibly be. Guy Not hates true. Gavin Adler, just Not despises true. his game. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it it just depends on who wins that matchup, right? If Zawada can keep somewhat pace with uh with cj curse and i think that michigan actually has a fighting chance in this one and you know what we've been going on for you know we're we're at 50 at the 50 minute mark right now um and i still haven't picked anything but chalk so let's let's fuck around here let's fuck around and find out i'm rolling with the team of destiny america's team i'm a michigan man this weekend baby i and it feels good it feels right I don't even feel like this is just for any sort of a bit. Um, I think that Michigan has looked the part. I think that they're playing with a lot of confidence. They're also probably playing with nothing to lose right now. Um, I mean, Cornell, like they just lost in pretty embarrassing fashion to Yale in the Ivy League semifinal. Um, they're a team that's been a top four team all season long, trying to make it back to Final Four weekend. A lot of pressure is riding on Cornell in this game. Uh, Michigan, they've already had the best season of their program's history. So this is all just house money to them. Um, fighting a guy who has nothing to lose is a puts you in a very scary predicament. 
So I like Michigan to come out on top in this one uh, in a nail biter, probably coming down to the last possession. Uh, all right, Delaware and Duke, the 5 p.m. game. Delaware obviously getting in after spanking Marist. Duke, the number one team in the country, the number one seed in this tournament. Um, listen, we, we've all seen them play countless times so far this year. Uh, maybe we haven't got a chance to watch Delaware as much. I mean, Delaware, they're fortunate, right? Because this opening, this play-in game, uh, I think, you know, Ty Kurtz and the rest of the starters started to make their way to the bench with like, I don't know, like five to seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So I don't think that there's going to be like a ton of, um, like, like I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of carryover fatigue from having to play the play-in game and then playing Sunday at 5 p.m. Um, they are going to have to get on a bus and go to Raleigh or Durham. Um, and, I mean, maybe it just kind of hurts the coaching staff a little bit getting ready for this game on short time. Uh, but Delaware, they've got the players to keep up with this. Like, if everything goes perfect for Delaware – they have a chance to make this a game with that being said, I think that even if everything goes perfect for Delaware, they still don't win this one. This ain't 2022 Georgetown that you're walking into play against. This is an absolute fucking slaughterhouse Duke team um, who are big, scary and nasty on defense. They're big, scary and nasty on offense. They win faceoffs. They get good goaltending and they've got one of the best coaches on the planet. So uh, yeah, even if everything goes perfect for Delaware, they still lose this one, but I would love to see this be a game. This isn't a sneaky, this isn't a sneaky Delaware team coming into the tournament last year that people are like, Oh, they have talent. No, they, it, it's well known. Got Ty Kurtz drafted Owen Grant, number two pick Mike Robinson going to be a top pick next year. Delaware's offense is really good. Done that. Right. Everyone knows that Delaware's offense is really good. What does Delaware bring to the table besides Owen Grant on defense? A lot to be unsaid, right? And I think that this is going to be you're – not, you're not playing Towson. You're not playing Hofstra, all right? Like, you're, you're, you're playing the best attack line. And, again, we, I've said it since the beginning of the year. I truly believe there will, be a, there, there will come a point in time where we will look back at this attack line and be like, how the hell did all three of these guys play on the same attack line? And if they don't win a championship, how do they not win a championship? So I, I think this is a once-in-a-lifetime generation type of attack line all – Three are going to be good in box, field, studs, all right? And, uh, yeah, I think this is just going to be too much for Delaware. And I, I think that we, you, you nailed it with the with the Duke defense. Bad motherfuckers. I, I think they just got some big boys down there uh, with with Brower, Stevenson, the goaltending, Jake Naso at the faceoff X. And I, I think that midfield unit really came on strong towards uh, towards the end of the year after a shaky start, especially against like the, in the Jacksonville game. But, like, Caputo, Denanza, Ledman um, – Really like what those guys bring to the table. So, uh, yeah, uh, I like Duke in this one, and uh, Delaware can't be sneaky this year. Now she's going to get the boys up for this one. All right, and then the final game of the weekend, the eighth and last game of the first round of the 2023 NCAA tournament. We've got the Princeton Tigers getting in <coughs> after winning the Ivy League championship, and they'll be taking on – the Penn State Nittany Lions, Penn State on a bounce back year after a tough 2022. Um, Penn State, listen, they, they had a great season in the regular season. They did drop to Michigan in the Big Ten semifinal. They've had some big wins. They've had some games that they 
could have win, could have won, but they didn't. And I'm starting to think that the closer that we get to Sunday at 7.30 p.m., the more I'm starting to think that this is a game that Penn State can win, should maybe win, and I don't see them getting it done. I, I like this Princeton team, um, and I think uh, think what I, I've already I've already picked against Cornell and Yale so far. Uh, I, I don't think that we see all three Ivies lose in the first round. So I got to ride with with the dogs at, at Princeton. Um, well, they're actually Tigers at Princeton. Um, and you know what? Yeah, I'm definitely going with Princeton because uh, earlier this year. Beginning of March, I went down to Austin, Texas, did a little barbecue down there. And while, while I was in the, uh, the Austin airport on my way back to Philly, stopped at an airport bar. Uh, there were a bunch of just old Princeton dudes who I, they, they must have been like 50, 55, uh, who were all there for an alumni weekend. They, they all played football at Princeton. Um, and these dudes were everything that I want to be when I'm 50 to 55 years, like still just gas and beers with the boys telling the same bullshit stories, talking about chicks that they used to rail. Like the, these guys were just, and like, I don't know. I, I overheard them all talk about like what they do for work. And like a lot of them were like in like Homeland security and like big time, like government jobs and big time, like financial. So like these guys were probably loaded with cash they were loaded with booze. Those guys ruled. So I'm a Princeton fan for life now. Yeah, it's always good to see to see like things like that. I love I love being at the airport and seeing guys that are going on a trip together. And you're just like, I want to like you're and you might be like alone traveling. And you're just like, I feel like I feel like they fuck with me. Like there's always like that saying, like, at least like this is like a meme for people my age, where it's like, you ever have sexual tension with the girl at the airport that's the same age as you? And you're like traveling alone and you're in college, it's like no, but I, I, when I see like a group of guys that are drinking <laughs> yeah. beers all together, like I'm like I'm like I think they fuck with me. Like I think I think they should have my number in case they need me. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I I'm gonna go with you on Princeton as well. Uh, I, I really like this uh, Princeton team. I think the faceoffs have gotten stronger throughout the year after the loss of Stanovall. Um, they looked really strong in the Ivy League tournament, and uh, it would be hilarious though if all the Ivies lost in the first round. Just given last year that the Ivies and Donna, it would be fucking hilarious and a good. It would be a good storyline. So I'm not completely out if like. If there's a chance of the Ivies losing, like if like all the other Ivies have lost and it comes down to Princeton, Penn State, I will be rooting for Penn State for all Ivies to get out. But in any other, any other world, uh, I'll, I'll take Princeton. Yeah. Um, ju- just to do the same thing that we always do where it's just like name a bunch of names and then be like, yeah, how, how can you compete with that? Uh, I, I think like if, if Coulter Mackesy gets himself, like if, if Mackesy and Slusher get themselves going, um, yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I, I think that the uh, the Penn State goalie is fine. Um, I think that they've got some good good talent on defense. I think that their their pole is is probably their their best weapon there with uh, Ryan O'Connor. Uh, shout out to Springfield, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think if you get Mackesy and Slusher going, um, that that's a tough duo to stop. I don't know if Penn State can do that. I, I like Princeton to come out here on top. In a tight one, probably by like two goals. Yeah, I like I like I like Princeton in this one. Um, Mac, Mac, he's a stud. 
Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up our 2023 NCAA first round preview show. Uh, again, make sure that you guys are subscribed to us on YouTube. Uh, we'll be going live prob- at least for the Yale-Georgetown game uh, Saturday at 5. Maybe another Sunday game. We'll we'll hammer out some details, see if you guys like the Yale-Georgetown one, um, and, and probably run it back maybe for Sunday, at least, again, for the quarterfinal. So uh, you guys should be s- – subscribe to our youtube for that uh pretty sure there's a there's a little alert button too why don't you just go ahead and smash that as well just so you know when we're going live make sure that you're following us on twitter and instagram we're at the crease dive on both we're stool crease dive on tiktok uh and in the meantime we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die we out Saying it was your fault Although you could have done more Oh, you're so naive, yes, yeah, so How could this be done With such a smiling sweetheart Oh, and your sweet and pretty face It's such a ugly way Something so beautiful Oh, that every time I look inside I know she knows that I'm not fond of asking True or false it may be Oh, she's still out to get me And I know She knows that I'm not fond of asking True or false it may be She's still out to get me I may